0: The smell of cut grass takes me back to beginning to play grass football and, you know, where they cut the grass. It's that that smell of fresh grass that's just been cut.
1: Maybe I'll cough, cough, you know, shows how dedicated I am that I'm here.
2: Yeah, you've been, well, you're 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 ploughing ahead with this uh, podcast, regardless of ill health.
1: Yeah, I'm putting my own health on the line. get the word out there whatever the word might be yeah Yeah. uh all right so on the agenda uh this week first um talking about the minutes from last week and uh i got a few messages in about some issues one of them is that uh niger is pronounced niger 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 Niger. Mm. niger um but I, I can't go back now. I've I've already said Niger too many times. So I'm sticking with it. So I've come up with an idea that I can Legi- imagine Donald
2: Trump would say it like that then. No, no, no Niger! talking. From,
1: no, all right, all right. But no talking from the floor. All right. <laughs> you wait for your you raise your hand unless it's um a point of order, and then you can say something. I'm I'm very ill. I'm a cranky chairman today. I'm not taking any shit from anyone. I've been sick all week. I think I've got Legionnaires disease. Action items from last time. What's happened to Nick Hancock? (laughs) So I discovered he's got his own podcast, the bastard. (laughs) He's got a podcast with uh, Chris England. I don't know if you know him, Um, but it's called uh, The Famous Sloping Pitch, and it's all about football. Hmm. Talking about football, the uh, Women's World Cup final is this weekend, and England are in it. But more importantly than that is the men's football. That's enough talk about that. The mo- most important thing is that Newcastle United are top of the league. And I think they're going to remain there for the entire season. I don't know if you know that I'm a I'm a Newcastle United uh, glory supporter.
2: <laughs> they meet only when they do well?
1: Yeah, so I'm basically not a fan of football. But I am now <laughs> because they're going to win it. So they used to be quite good in the mid 90s when i was a kid and then i i thought i grew up but it turns out i was just a glory supporter and i lost interest because newcastle was shit but now they're back thanks to saudi money oh you're not talking because you're yeah sorry i'm, that, oh, that's so I'm gonna me. raise my hand
2: hang on
1: yeah raise wait no no you have to raise your yeah, that's the one yeah, yeah ah. raise the zoom hands all right, we've got a, a question from, you have to say your name and your uh, CLP. For well, you're, not, party. you're not even in the Labour Party. Been... What are you doing at this meeting?
2: Yeah, I've, I've long since crossed out my uh, Labour Party membership card um, on the day that Jeremy left. I'm... I know,
1: that's quite amazing. You're like a man of action. I've just quit, by the way. And oh, also, did you? I've been talking on this podcast ages about staying in the Labour Party and wanting to be kicked out but I finally just left yeah what did it for you ceremoniously what did it for me (laughs) I'm too sick I'm too old I'm dying I don't want to give any money to the Labour Party anymore fuck them Mm. um I don't know what did it for me I mean nothing I just I just lost patience I wanted to quit ages ago but I was I wanted to be kicked out so I was doing all this anti-semitism stuff but um (laughs) I actually don't believe in any of that. I believe that everything Starmer says is right and correct. Uh, I was just trying to get kicked out. I failed. Anyway, talking about football, talking about Starmer, Starmer is a really big fan of football, isn't he? That's, that's, mm, yeah, that's the main good. thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about particularly politicians where there's something like really important about how like what they do in their spare time or like hmm. it's so childish the way that we select who the leaders of party or or like what would get what sort of information is deemed important or relevant to who is going to be the leader of the country so the fact that that starmer can put out three or four videos about the fact that he likes football but like he's really getting that home um these are like official Labour videos. Mm. They're, they're on Starmer's Twitter, but they're actual, um, <laughs> they have like the Labour branding and logo for a better future vote Labour at the end. But the message preceding it is is just some
0: information about how much Starmer enjoys playing football on Sunday. Mm. I've been playing football pretty well every week since I was 10 years old and I'm still playing now every week for 90 minutes.
1: I like that bit, like he can't help, it's very Alan Partridge, You mm-hmm. he can't help but bring in the plays for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would imagine maybe someone of my age, sort of amateur playing football, and said I'd probably do an hour, but I do 90 minutes, that I, I, has
0: to be made known. What you do for a living is completely secondary when it comes to playing football on a Sunday.
1: I mean, for some people, sure. And for some jobs, maybe. But I don't know, I can think of maybe some jobs where <laughs> playing football on a Sunday isn't secondary. I know, like, one of them might be Prime Minister. Like, who knows when to strike now? If is in power, then just strike on a Sunday. You know where Starmer will be. <laughs> well,
2: you'd only be able to uh, strike for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. and he'd be back on the job.
0: How I would describe my playing style probably differs from how my teammates would describe my playing style. I see myself in the middle of midfield, controlling operations, strong left foot, back in the day a box-to-box player. Um, (laughs) I think they'd say uh, not so much of the box-to-box anymore here, uh, just more talking.
2: That was probably an unfortunate. (laughs) thing to say in a political advert and that's the yeah, end And I that's the end it just
1: really. fizzles out and then it says build a better britain it's and oh, but you know you think oh well that's unfortunate but actually you imagine how much time has gone into every detail of this and getting it greenlit by all of the like wonk people at labor and it, it's i don't know it's just it's just absolutely nothing is it and when this this is this is all we've got from storm for the last few weeks we've got this video and uh this interview uh where he talks about uh, i think this is going to
0: watch football the smell of cut grass takes me back to beginning to play grass football and you know going onto a pitch that's been cut so when i was probably first time i went on a decent pitch was probably when i was about 10 playing in an under 11 league where they cut the grass and it's it's that, that smell of fresh grass that's just been cut. You do still get it at football grounds, not so much because now the grass is sort of integrated a bit with other stuff, you don't get the same cut smell. But that takes me back to sort of cycling around Surrey and Kent, I played for the Kent Boys League um, for um, a team there and just walking on the pitch. I can't tell you how joyful walking onto a pitch is for me. build a better britain (laughs)
1: i'm i'm just double checking now having listened to that um Mm. no that is from Keir starmer's official Mm. twitter account because it Mm. it's a he's he's it's a longer interview about all sorts of things and he's cut together all the moments that he's talked about football Mm. um which makes it sound kind of worse than it is because it sounds like he's just rambling on about football the whole time Mm. and then it just again fades out uh to build a better britain
0: joyful walking onto a is for me <laughs> yeah it does fade out <laughs> it's a
1: really really it's bad strange.
0: cut it's yeah. so
1: weird um and it okay, yeah you, you know like when you're under pressure and uh you're kind of you've bitten off more than you can chew and you you, you have there's a kind of panic like reaction that you can have to a situation where you just sort of cling to one piece of information so you just start repeating the same sentence or you start talking about the same subject mm-hmm. um, just to try and have some sort of control over what's going on I feel mm-hmm. like that's what Starmer's doing with football he's like I know I don't know anything else about myself anymore I don't know anything about the world I know what's mm-hmm. going on but I do know that I like football and And I know that other people like grass when I was a child and if I just (laughs) keep talking about football all the time people like football I like football that might be enough
2: I can't go wrong I I all I have to do is just sit here until I become prime minister and I know sometimes I have to open my mouth and push air out in a formation (laughs) but what can I say that is as limited (laughs) As possible in those uh, in those conditions, I could talk about grass when I was a j- child. That's about as boring as I can be. Yeah. But well, to be fair, you know, we're, we're we're attacking him for it or we're mocking him for it. But Jeremy Corbyn used to make jam and worked on an allotment. Uh, So it's all the same kind of thing. It's almost like they're trying to take that authenticity of what Corbyn was doing and being like, ah, I know what we can take for this marketing campaign for Sir Keir Starmer, the authenticity of Jeremy Corbyn.
1: That's the thing, I'm sure he I mean, does play football. I mean, it'd be quite funny if he didn't actually play football at this point. <laughs>
2: yeah, completely made it. I mean, that's what worked so well for Tony Blair in the mid-1990s uh, with the football angle, because there was footage of him actually being able to head a ball to um, to someone back and forth. So he obviously was quite good, like really quite good at at football. For yeah,
1: him. that's true. There's actually um, a real lack of footage of Starmer playing football here. Yeah, there's a bit of him <laughs> there, running around a photo there, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to see, I want to put run him through the mill. Like, mm. he has to do, um, I wanted to do like sort of five penalty kicks, so he's got to get it in the top corner. <laughs> that, that's What's what I mean. That, that's what they what? should do for the election. You just get all the leaders, and they all just have to hit it in the top corner.
2: What do his players think that what do his teammates think that he is? playing like is he just saying that he's got a bit old and slow
1: uh yeah well they, well, they never asked no one yeah. else seems to t- <laughs> it's just um why don't they talk to these guys yeah that would be interesting it'd be nice to hear what they have to say yeah anyway this yeah. is uh this is Keir
0: Starmer going to see uh, Arsenal I've been supporting Arsenal for a very very long time especially our nuclear weapons asking when I was growing up I didn't go to games because we didn't have the money to go to games until I was an adult living in London. And then we'd go down to the old stadium and watch four quid to get in through the turnstile to stand on the terraces. And as you go down towards Highbury, there was no getting away from that mix of smells. The horse manure and the hamburgers mixed together with the smell of the grass. The grass. (laughs)
1: Build Build a better Britain. Build a better Britain. The way that it just ends, he's it's actually quite a cool style. I'm getting into this this yeah. summer just this really like violent cut to the end of the video.
0: The horse manure and the hamburgers mixed together with the smell of the grass.
1: Boom. That's it. What more do you want? The smell of the grass again. It's I mean it's it's beautiful. It's very kind of Alan Bennett, isn't it? <laughs> it's like these the little things. Those was the turd of the turd styles. <laughs> yeah, the smell of the grass and the the hamburger and horse manure. Yeah, it, yeah, it could be. Um, who's that poet? Um, he kind of well, looks I'm... like Bob Dylan from the uh, John oh, John um, he- he- John. Yeah, that guy. Not Hegley, is it? Not John Hegley. Um, but it but it's that kind of thing, like horse manure and hamburgers. It's got a nice. Uh, it's got a literative feel to it.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you sort of... Oh, John Cooper Clark. John Cooper Clark, that's it, yeah. I don't know, it's all fair enough, isn't it? But it's it, it's it's just quite bland... Well, it's just incredibly bland. Um, and, you know, given the considerable problems that, that our country and world faces at the moment, I, I sort of find it quite jarring to see Keir Starmer attempting to be as non-conflictual and as tedious and boring... As possible in yeah, a world it's very tedious, in a world that desperately doesn't need that.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm
2: dying, Starmer. Help me. I saw um I was watching campaign ads for Donald Trump this morning, and um that you know his adverts are powerful. Um, the latest one I've seen is um was him saying something like, uh, it's not me, they're after, <laughs> it's you.
1: Let's and watch I, that. And that sounds I'm good. I'm
2: just in the way. And I will always be in the way. Where was that? What was that on? And that to me strikes me as um very good um political rhetoric for a start and uh, and political campaigning. But that is what A is is the opposite of what Keir Starmer does, and also B, it's the way that Corbyn should have gone. Um yeah, when, yeah. when he was campaigning. Um there, there are linkages between um, Corbyn and Trump in the sense that they're both these outsider figures um, who are coming into into a into a, um, into a mainstream. Um, and Trump has won in part, or has done so well in part, because his messaging was "screw you," totally. I know what you're about and I reject you utterly. Whereas Jeremy was con- uh, was consensual. And um, yeah, sort of government but what's, what's the word, sort of government by committee kind of, um, what's the word I always use the word? Um, friendly. Um, uh, collaborative. Um, and Trump was not that. And so he was able to appeal to a much wider range of people. And I think he's still doing that now. Um, and he's really honed that message. It's great um, in terms of political campaigning. But I, I don't know if I don't know how effective this is going to be for Keir Starmer because can you ultimately keep going on trying to sort of slip through the cracks of, of sort of by being a nothing? Can he keep that going for another year and still get the vote to turn out for him? Um, is anyone going to care um, by the time the election comes round if he is that boring? Um, no, I mean is well, it idea... reassuring to have someone boring? I yeah, don't know if it's even reassuring.
1: Right, that's the idea. I think for some people, I mean obviously there is an aspect of it being reassuring. There is, there is a, there is a cohort who are sick to death of uh every, just 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 the thrills and spills of uh 21st century um economic collapse and um ecological collapse and they and they want yeah they would like somebody who's boring sure Mm. but i think there are on top of that a larger amount of people who are who are being affected actually personally in some way and certainly in their community by some of the stuff that's going on whether it's just the impoverishment of communities um and uh and and you know, and 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 the way that's being stoked by uh other political forces and how attractive their messages can be compared to let's have a, a safe pair of hands again. I mean it seems increasingly like people won't vote Tory, but mm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see maybe um Piers Corbyn will come out with it. yeah, I wanted to say something about Piers Corbyn, right? So my well, my I've changed my point. I've got a new point now. <laughs> I've got a new argument about peace The thing about that cashless Aldi video, right? Mm. is that why what what's the the problem with the protest is that it it's it's annoying for the people that work at the aldi in mm. the in the same way as just up oil is annoying for people trying to get to work. Mm. so it but it, like you would imagine that if you support what Piers Corbyn is doing, then you think he's right in doing it, just as the just stop boy people are saying, right? You know, and it's this kind of this disconnect, I feel like, between it's no longer the case where you accept that people that have a different political point to you have the same rights as you to protest or to even have a political party or to even to have a political voice. And you know the whole council. Call, everybody really just wants the other side to shut up, and just wants them to not be allowed into the conversation at all. And so it's you, you, yeah. If they protest, well, you know their their means of protesting is illegitimate. It's wrong. That their, their the language that they use is wrong. Like it's not even about the content because then you have to say, well, actually, I want a totalitarian state. I don't want any disagreement. So instead of saying that, you just delegitimize the individuals. The people are wrong. The let the choice of words that they use, the way that they argue, is wrong. And I d- I don't know exactly where that's come from.
2: I think I think it's I think it's well known where that comes from. It's called political polarization. It's been going on since the nineteen uh, seventies, and has accelerated, uh, perhaps ex- exponentially. Uh, since that point, um, it's a complete nightmare. Um, I think it. I think its roots are actually in, uh, in at least a huge contributor to it is is uh, uh, Thatcherite capitalism. Because you, if you smash society hard enough and you fragment everyone around the edge, uh, they're going to fly off to the edges. So you have much more polarized opinions, and that means that a lot of the people who are spreading out like this are extremists and weirdos. So that's that's where but it is comes a from.
1: isn't that an argument for someone like Starmer to come in and we can all rally around enjoying football? Yeah, and, and I mean it is an argument view. for
2: for for a centrist to try and unite people. Um I guess the problem with Starmer is that um or why I wouldn't vote for Starmer is that I don't think he's going. I mean, all he's doing is um is politically positioning himself as a as a as a Seemingly a moderate force, but he's not actually saying that he's going to do anything. Um, so to me, that doesn't really, that doesn't actually solve, doesn't actually address um, any of the um, of the issues that have been created by uh, Thatcherite capitalism, smashing society forty years ago, um, and the ripple effects of that. Uh, it doesn't actually address any of those problems. All it means is that Keir Starmer, probably the next prime minister will be the most boring and ineffectual person in any room that he's in.
1: And there's well, it's also you could have um, a coalition around other ideas, right? If you didn't have yeah. all of this sort of being this being sucked into this is where the center ground is. And, and these are the areas that we can agree upon. Um, for example, Starmer's push for patriotism. Pushes into a logic that Britain is a special country and has a special place in the world, and so you leave the EU on the basis that Britain will be just uh, a remarkable place if it's not inside the EU, which is just not true, right? It and being in and at the same time being inside the EU is not going to be, you know, have all the answers for for the UK. No, like there is something about like the argument that you know, people that are pro-EU remainers and stuff, the UK will be better inside the EU. That holds true because we are um, unable or unwilling to actually change the economic framework of how this country works. And Mm. so in the rules that we in Westminster decide how this country works, the UK will be better off in the EU. In a a country with a much better functioning um, economic outlook, Um, pushing for a world which has a much more fair distribution of resources and a much more just way of of treating other countries and having treaties, yeah, we would be much better outside the EU. Mm. So Mm. there's like a much bigger argument Mm. which nobody wants to have. Mm. And Starmer's sort of push for patriotism just Mm. pushes people more into, yes, Britain is great, and we should just blindly move on outside of the eu with with Mm. no plan and and no idea what we're going to do uh and 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 not building any alliances with anyone else because why we don't need them because because we're britain because we keep waving the flag so anyone that's like well Starmer, 10-year plan or whatever is to bring us back into the eu the only way you do that is you have to challenge that patriotic idea and if you and then they don't want to challenge that because The only thing they can come up with is a really, really unpopular idea of actually, uh, Britain is just going to be one cog in the World Bank, Americanized uh, dollar run world. Uh, And people don't want to hear that. And why would you? It's fucking depressing as hell, you know. Uh, What you want to come up with is is a much more ambitious idea about how to run. Uh, I'm much more ambitious about what a nation is and, um, mm. and what you contribute to in in the rest of the world. That's 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 a much more difficult thing. And you know, Star- Starmer can barely get off the topic of football. So I don't mm. I don't see him. Ha- I mean, that's the thing. You just about Trump. Like Trump will talk about paper straws being a bit of an issue, right? And he's bloody right about that. If anything's going to radicalize me, it's paper straws. Um, but mid-sentence he will then like bring that into um a a devastating critique of how um multinational companies don't give a shit about climate change and actually the entire climate movement is is just a, a a another opportunity for profit making and you know and and it's like there's an argument there right and yeah, no I mean, one wants to have that argument and and he at will least, just... yeah
2: it's stimulating isn't it yeah. so it means that people respond to it and um, whereas that's why i'm not sure if it's going to work with Keir Starmer because when donald trump talked about um paper straws he was doing that as a 30 second bit of kind of lighthearted sort of stand up almost um
1: yeah someone I can, put the, i uh... can imagine
2: Keir Starmer doing a whole serious
1: broadcast yeah, about yeah, yeah. paper straws <laughs> the smell of paper i remember the smell of plastic straws they were so much better but I yeah. I, yeah, someone put the Seinfeld music underneath uh, Trump oh, doing underneath that. Trump's thing, yeah. Was well, yeah. that re- the other thing about that? I, I don't, the problem with the internet, right? Is I have no idea when things happened. So I saw that video recently, but I don't know if he made that speech in like 2016. I have no idea. Things just emerge on Twitter. It was a little
2: while ago. Something, it was something, it was relatively early on. Yeah. Maybe 2017, 2018.
1: But yes, paper straws are shit. And and the whole concept of them is bullshit because everything else that you get around the paper straw is plastic still.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And why why and why isn't that paper and keep the straw plastic? The one thing that actually you 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 know you touch with your mouth they you actually need to to have some sort of integrity to actually get. Particularly if you're drinking a thick milkshake, which I, I quite like to do because I'm sick. I I got a McDonald's milkshake on Monday night, and the straw did not it didn't last i was mm-hmm. i was drinking out of the <laughs> thing it was getting in my mustache it was undignified mm. god damn it the other thing is like we've gone to this like, you can't have plastic straws now at, at all it's it's totally taboo but at the same time other things like do you remember Cadbury's chocolate bars used to be um like the 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 dairy milk block mm. it used to be foil wrapped
2: oh, yeah with
1: with paper around it mm. And it was quite nice. I like that the tactile. I'm talking like starmer now. I remember the the foil <laughs> and the paper, and now that's plastic. Yeah. All 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 Cadbury's products are plastic now, and all roses, all chocolate roses. They used to be paper and foil. That's all become plastic. At the same time that it's become, you're not allowed to have uh, plastic straws anymore. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So what? What? Yeah. Let me tell you my tale. So I was I was I've been sick since like Monday, but. I went to see Oppenheimer on Monday mm-hmm. at the BM- BFI IMAX, the biggest screen in the UK. Mm. Um, I was sick. I was I was just coming down with something, but I, I fought it off because we booked these tickets weeks in advance because it's the only cinema that's like 70 mil or whatever. So Chris, Christopher Nolan, the director said, the only way you could see this film is in 70 mil at an IMAX screen. So we decided to book that obviously it was really hard to get tickets everyone was booking it so i get there um the best tickets we could get even two weeks in advance was second to front row at the bfi bfi imax and the, sc- the screen is just insanely big and this and e- even the, the second front row is far too close to the screen to have any idea what's going on so I was feeling quite ill and it's three hours and mm. I couldn't follow anything at all about what was going on because it's it's basically a political thriller with lots of people, mm. close-ups of their faces, talking to each other very frantically. Mm. And Killian Murphy's face just in your face, just right up there for like three hours. And I, I, you can't even really see... Is that a black hole that I'm looking at? Or is that Killian Murphy's nostril? I don't know. I don't know what's on the screen. And then, okay, there's like three minutes of a nuclear explosion that probably looks quite good in IMAX. But I do feel like deaf do not see it in IMAX, I would say. And it's like, well, okay, you shouldn't be in the second to front row. But now you're getting into, like, what seat? It's like Christopher Nolan says you have to see it at seat E17 at the BFI IMAX. <laughs> it's the only way to enjoy this. It. It's like, no, fuck, just watch it. It's a political thriller. You don't need to watch it on IMAX. I don't understand yeah. why he's pretended that it's, it's you know, it's 2001 A Space Odyssey or something. It isn't. I think
2: he might maybe he got a bit excited because he did some cool shots. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I also feel like he threw some of those in late, thinking, "Shit, if this is going to be on the IMAX, we're going to need a bit something more than just the explosion in the middle. We're going to have mm. to have some uh, some shots of the universe or something."
2: Oh yeah, yeah. quantum.
1: But yes, but anyway, so then I uh, I finished the film, I finished really late. It was midnight. I was at Liverpool Street Station. I wanted to get some food because I was ill and I hadn't eaten, and nothing's open. Nothing's open at midnight. Except McDonald's, which is 24 hour. So the only thing I could get was McDonald's, which was disgusting. And I got a paper straw. And I was just like, this could this could be the last straw. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, because I was like, this could radicalize me. It could be over for me. The paper straws, um, Christopher Nolan's shit. I just don't know what to believe anymore.
2: Mm, especially since you've since you came around about the vaccines.
1: Oh yeah, well they and they took down my vac- vaccine video, which wasn't our vaccine, but it was our vaccine video about vaccine. <laughs> I, I well, the funny thing about that, so we put that video up, like a clip of what we we're talking about, what two episodes ago. I don't think we mentioned the vaccine. We I didn't really talk about anything, but well,
2: we we knew what we were saying.
1: Yeah, I suppose so, but I wasn't <laughs> saying that. What what did I say? I said that uh, emerging sciences are experimental mm. that you're not allowed to say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, it, if, if you're th- if Emerging you're talking, in, yeah, if totally you're talking in the realm of, of vaccines but that's the thing is anyone is anyone denying that that it's an experimental vaccine i thought i was pretty well known uh, it's
2: like the tone
1: the tone in which you said it was that that's uh could be a problem yeah, yes. that's the, yeah that
2: is the problem yeah i was uh called a i found something about me on reddit yesterday which said that i was uh he made a documentary called the writer with no hands um which follows uh, matthew alford turned conspiracy theorist turned actual clown like seriously he became a clown turned raving mad anti-vax oh. lunatic <laughs> was that because of the video that we made no it was oh. you got your from own you've got your own video. video i <laughs> never saw it uh, raving mad anti-vax lo- lunatic. I've never said anything about the vaccine. I've knew nothing about it. All that happened during coronavirus for me is that I got depressed.
1: <laughs> ah, but that was because vaccine related depression, classic symptom. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I never really understood the, the science of it or
1: anything, really. It's just um, but yeah. Well, no, no one. <laughs> one understands. I think I don't know anything about the vaccines either, but i'm open to the idea that maybe they don't work very well but hey th- that's the world it's it's a pretty fucked up plate there are a lot of fucking bad things happening to people all around the world. same with like the brexit referendums like oh, i can't believe this country voted for brexit it must be it must be russian interference it's like yeah possibly possibly american interference. that like yeah the world is really really dark but d- that doesn't mean that you have to like lose your mind like graham Lineham or whatever and like lose your do you family think, do you think that
2: you do you think that you're obliged to to know to have an opinion about every thing
1: well uh you know you don't think you're obliged to. yeah i mean that's the thing you don't have to have an opinion but you do certainly feel i mean you people do have an opinion that's the thing um uh, and like pe- people are ve- like very very pro-vax i don't know how you could be that that confident about something um and, and and be so angry against people that are a bit skeptical about it there's no way of talking about this well because you you need to if if you're going to do vaccines everyone has to take it else it does not work uh well, that's not the Point. case well that is one thing that is definitely true with this vaccine which that isn't the case right because it did you did it well, you were contagious even with the vaccine
2: oh you were contagious either with the even with yeah, the vaccine so yeah the, it didn't really matter
1: yeah it didn't matter but <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing uh- i am yeah. one of those crazy anti-vaxxers thank well, you well that's the thing you're now, and now an anti-vaxxer for that for like just pointing <laughs> out it's just pointing out normal stuff um and hey look I'm, i've am i never been i've never thought of myself as a pro-vaxxer or anti-vaxxer and suddenly you now you have to be one or the other you know mm. you, you can't just uh be like you know i got the vaccine um I don't know how effective it was for for a young person who was unlikely to die of covid anyway but I did it. I, I don't think I've had any, any bad effects from infectious it.
2: Infectious anyway.
1: Yeah and um, yeah I was infectious anyway. I, I haven't had as far as I know any negative side effects other people may have and if they have that's really bad and they should be helped and it's like is that a really t- terrible position to hold? I don't I don't get it. But it's it's like so here's the thing right drag queen story hour do you know about this uh, controversy?
2: I know that drag queens sometimes do story hours in schools and um or or in young people in children's places. In and, children's uh, places? And some, people, some people don't like it. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's... Places, you know,
2: whatever they're called. Um
1: play. yeah, well, I don't know what where used they to be do called
2: it. stay and play. And what well, the uh, things that Tony the sure thing start. Tony Blair did that was good. Sure start. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. Like drag queen story hour is, I think, a similar issue in that story hour is story hour even a thing? Like I don't yeah, know
2: on... what what is it in general. Tell me, because yeah. all I know is that sometimes people read stories to other people.
1: Well, I don't. Well, yes, but I don't even. Is that a, was that a thing before drag queen version of it? Because I didn't. I don't know. For me, story story hour or story time, whatever, as a kid, like that is. It's the last bargaining chip before bedtime, right? It's like yeah. you no no kid is into story time. it's like, oh shit, I've got nothing left. You know, I've done the bath. I've got <laughs> you know, I've done the bath, i played the bath <laughs> card. Um, it's it's your last gamble it's like read me a bedtime story, please. I just don't want to go, you know, I don't wanna fucking go to bed. Like just anything. And that's going to do the story time. I didn't, you know, if if my parents had suggested, how about in the middle of the afternoon, we go to another place so that you can (laughs) enjoy a story time? I'd be like, fuck no. (laughs) I'm playing like fucking lemmings on the Amiga. So story time is kind of bullshit. Mm. Drag queen story time, it's like, well, whatever. Yeah, okay. Drag queen story time. It's still story time, which sucks. Uh, I don't know why you would take your kids to. So any kind of story time. Um, and I don't I don't think you do. You only take kids to the drag story time. I don't think there's any normal, like normal story time. Vanilla story time, <laughs> but there's just drag story time. Now, so that's my first thing. So that's the first point is that drag queen story time or drag queen story hour is like kind of a bit lame. And I don't know why people go to it. But the only thing more lame, the only thing like more ridiculous than that is protesting drag queen story hour because that's like who the fuck gives a shit if someone else takes their kids to see and that's where we are and i think it's that it just sums up all of these issues for me
2: are they um, and they they're voluntary story time thing they're not like at schools or anything like that it's No, just vol- they're in
1: the people go yeah do you take your kids free to them, market like, on the weekend or something i don't know where they are let's see where let's see where some are the drag queen story time uh location um, drag queen story, hour UK homepage. Here we go. Oh, okay, so you get Edinburgh Fringe, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, um, that would actually be a pretty cool place to go. I get that, I, yeah. I think I could see like take my kids there because you've got the kids and you're at Edinburgh Fringe and it's a bit shit for kids. Uh, what to do? Book inquiries. I don't know where these venues are, they're keeping it about us. Oh, oh, oh it, there are they are in schools. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so what's the idea then? Because you have story time in schools. I remember we got read the Hobbit. I guess school. you could that, have guests into schools. Couldn't you have guests in, and and so the idea is that having a drag queen in is is a problem.
0: But then why? Please. And it's
1: like, but there, it's both like, why would you do that? And then why would you protest? Like neither of them are that. I mean, it's good. It's I mean, it's good for the teacher to get a bit of time off. I'll definitely yeah. say that.
2: Yes, yeah, this polarization thing again, isn't it? Um, it's it's a nightmare. Um, the whole point of society is that it's really important to build up social capital. Um, you might know that there was a, a uh, an article uh, in the United States in the '90s called "Bowling Alone," and it was um, by uh, got his first name now, uh, Postman, um, uh, but sorry, Put- Putnam. Uh, and he was saying that you know he was predicting the future of American society, and this has very much become true. Talking about the importance of polarization, it's the same in our country. I think I think he wrote it in uh, 1995, um, and he was basically saying that instead of in the old, as a metaphor, in the old, you know, not very long ago, we were we had bowling clubs like ten pin bowling, and people would go there as teams, and they would hang out, would be part of their work thing, and a social thing, and da da da. And now you've actually got people who um, society has become so atomized um, that people are actually go into bowling alleys just to bowl on their own. And it's the, it's the you know it's the you know that that's twenty five years ago, whatever it is that he was talking about. That, but it's the same. You know, you see it now, like atomized individuals, people on their little devices and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying all of that's necessarily bad. I think it's quite nice that people have their um, their little phones and iPads and stuff like that to do what they want to do and all that. But, it no, is, but nobody I mean, it's...
1: actually likes it. Oh, probably... I do.
2: I, I'm going to do it as soon as we finish this interview. No, yeah,
1: That's not because <laughs> you like it, though. I mean, I will as well. Yeah, but I'm not um, enjoying it at all.
2: But, but the po- that was a seminal piece of work. And it's about the importance of having social capital, having links, having community spirit um, within a society. And that has all fragmented um, over the past uh, three or four decades. Yeah. We, know, we know why it's fragmented. It's the rise of consumerism. It's the rise of that right capitalism and the Russians, it's those same things. And then those things have been uh, have been exaggerated by as soon as you've got those cleavages within society, those weaknesses, those fractures within the rock of society. All it takes is for there then to come along a pandemic and a crazy debate about vaccines for those rocks to to to, to crumble. Um, and it's the same thing with other stuff like Brexit, which came out of um, uh, the uh, the Tory party being forced to the right as well, um, due to the the polarisation of uh, of the electorate and the increase of um, disparity between rich and poor. It all comes out of the same thing. Uh, we it's absolutely essential that we get back to uh, or that we get some stronger sense of uh, of. Uh, community spirit of social capital I, i'm not saying it was particularly great in the 70s or 60s either pl- plenty of problems there but um i think i think the tendency the trends have still very much been away from that um since uh since um margaret thatcher uh and that's not to say she was the worst thing or whatever but i'm just saying that, that is where we've ended up the consequence of that has been this crazy sort of fractured society um with a lot of with a lot of um Sort of very heated debates where everyone's talking past each other um, and no one can even agree on basic facts
1: but how do you get back to that because one of the sort of instinctive ways of doing that is to have um, a kind of big state interventionalism right into what's going on which people don't people don't want to be forced to go bowling with people that's no point. well that's a good point yeah, yeah it's very very hard to have to have sort of community and even to have family these days and that's another yeah I mean, else. that's
2: part of the thing is it's the destruction of the family and i mean and i i know maggie was probably a little bit misread with this um when she said about um there's no such thing as family no such thing as um commu- uh, so there's no such thing as community there's only um no such thing as society there's only family um but now there's not even family not even family it's, it's 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 those but sorry there are all levels of nuance with that i'd say how to get back to it is quite difficult because um you it's easier to smash something up in society than it is to build it um but essentially you need people of good faith working from the center um and that is not the same as having the most boring person in the room as a placeholder who is just going to preside over, preside gormlessly and ineffectually over a continued dissip- uh, continued dissipation uh, of these problems to um, to the margins, as in uh, increasing
1: polarisation. That's Keir Starmer. Um, and, but that's uh, also why he talks about football so much. Because football is one of the last sort of bastions. I don't think it even is anymore, yeah. but it used to be, and people yeah. have a memory of it being a social yeah. space, a yeah. shared, a, yeah. a communal uh, identity, yeah, um, a, a sort of uh, second family that you would yeah. have, um, local, and it would be local to you. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's being eroded like like everything else, but it's such a powerful one, particularly in this country. That.
2: yeah i mean if if Starmer starmers is sincere about that then then all power to him but i mean we know that his policies his spending plans um are you, know, you can't really differentiate them from the conservative party i mean um so i don't see how he'd be able to make any any difference um i i guess it's um yeah, it, it, it's about having people of good faith. It's about it's about allowing the centre to hold. It's that that um, that old poem, isn't it, about the um, things falling apart. Yeats. Things fall apart, the centre cannot hold. The falconer doesn't see the falcon. Um, the, and that's essentially what's been happening for for a long period. It's certainly been happening throughout my life. I think when I've looked at the political scene since I've, I've come on I've come of age as a, a as a, a political person um and yeah it's uh, it's it's uh, it's alarming um those trends have been uh, exacerbated exacerbated by both sides um, but it's
1: not the fault of drag queens entirely they have as much <laughs> no. fault as anyone no else. i mean
2: i think that's a fairly uh, marginal uh, issue compared to the um the wider things that are happening to to domestic and international society i mean that's that's one of the things that needs to be done is you know you, you create a healthy um, body politic um, through good communication um, uh, a strong uh, uh, and healthy media uh, honest <laughs> politicians and all of those kind of things I mean it's very difficult to do it um, but the best you know the, the, the only way to do it is to, is to try and vote for the honest candidates and that, that's about whether they're on the left or on the right as well. Um and you just get good people in and then and then that creates a that fosters a um that that good that goodness can be infectious infectious in a good way, Daniel, not as infectious as in making you ill again
1: yeah well i've i've got i'm not I'm neither way an infection. <laughs> I've got any strong views well, i need we need to do a few things uh, before we finish because we need to um make some tiktok type uh clips okay. about things that people on tiktok care about okay um, what, one of the thing that they've they've discovered people on tiktok have recently discovered the mandela effect oh yeah um so i'm going to we're going to do a little mandela effect test on you now um see how you do uh, okay so do you know the uh the video Oops, I did it again by Britney
2: Spears. Britney Spears. I remember Oops, I did it again. Yeah. She was a, a schoolgirl in a classroom and then she broke out with a dance.
1: No. Oh. <laughs> she was in a PVC, a red PVC suit, and she was dancing on Mars.
2: Oh. Was, are you sure that wasn't a later video?
1: Oh yeah, sorry, that's um hit me baby one more time. You're right. I'm right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong.
2: Oh no, no. Mm, no, 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 oh
1: no, now I'm getting confused myself. Yeah, no, I think you're I'm right. I think wrong. I might have mixed the right, hit me, baby. Right, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Have to I don't know. This. Someone
2: Mandela affected someone there.
1: Shit. Yeah. Oops, I did it again on Mars. Do you remember that video? Yeah. It's, it's not gonna work if you don't. Eat not- <laughs> <laughs> we and can do the Hit Me Baby one more time one. Would that be better for you?
2: Okay, what do I need to say to make this TikTok
1: work? Uh, you just have to tell me you remember the video. Okay. Okay. So in that video, um, so the there's the idea of the Mandela effect is that there is something about that video that everybody remembers, but is not actually true. Right. Um. And for so we'll do "Hit Me Baby One More Time," which is the one where she's in school and breaks out into a dance. Yeah. And in "Hit Me Baby One More Time," um, a lot of people remember that. Nelson Mandela plays her teacher in the video, right? And then they have sex with each other, and then she kills Nelson Mandela, and she holds his head up to the screen at the end of the video. Wow! Bring back apartheid. Does she? Well, that's what people remember. The original part of the video. People remember that. I remember it vividly. But you was this when Britney Spears had a breakdown. (laughs) Was it a remake? (laughs) No. What happens in the What happens in the video? This one's not so good, but. We'll do it so hit me baby one more time um she's wearing a school uniform yes mm-hmm. what kind of skirt gray yeah this is this has gone badly the, the, that,
2: uh, does maybe the mandela effect doesn't exist maybe <laughs> i'm the worst person to do this on because i'm quite old and a bit forgetful
1: that's why you're the best person to do it because you haven't seen any of the actual TikToks on it so <laughs> no, do- i'm not
2: great on pop culture really all, All right, awesome try this. This one got me. Oh,
1: this one got me. Okay. And let's see yeah. if it gets you. This is Oops, I Did It Again, right? Which is PVC. Red. Do you not remember the red PVC? On Mars. Yeah, red PVC. That was the main thing. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right. Do you remember anything else about what she was wearing?
2: No. <laughs> microphone.
1: Oh! There you go. That's it. Everyone remembers her wearing a little headset microphone. Mm-hmm but she wasn't
2: yeah wow the wonders of sociology <laughs> and psychology is eh? your
1: mind blown do you think <laughs> yeah. we're living in the matrix
2: god yeah jesus what am i going to do about that
1: well but why it is interesting why do you, it, you i didn't say anything and you just said microphone she doesn't because... she doesn't have a microphone on in the video ever
2: well because because she's worn microphones on live stage performances before yeah, you are you are the worst person to do <laughs>
1: You're supposed to get really excited.
2: I'm definitely a bit dyspraxic, so uh you know it right, might We're gonna be have to do I'm...
1: some we have to do some training. Like you're yeah. like you're like the Keir Starmer of the Mandela. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Like the bored laughs> yeah, I'm the Keir Starmer of TikTok. <laughs> um I you're I'm supposed gonna... to go
1: whoa oh my shit whoa, we're living I in can't a matrix Fuck me. oh
2: wow now i'm gonna go and look at some feel some grass on my feet <laughs> yeah sorry i'll I'll get better at the tiktoks if you yeah you just it.
1: just massive reactions to anything that i say okay got it let's finish there i'll, I'll see you uh next week matt for another edition of the exciting complaints on a podcast
2: Yeah!